Before I begin today's episode, I would like to put a disclaimer that there is a bullying experience in this episode, and I would like listeners to take a 10 second silence with me to reflect on all the teenagers and children who found school challenging, those who knew kids that were victims to suicide, those who feel or felt ostracised, those affected by such traumatic events and pressures. Know that you are loved, respected and cared for. We see you and we hear you. The 10 seconds will begin now. Thank you for your time. The episode will now commence. Playground is a compact version of human society, just with a uniform. You have the upper class, the middle class, the lower class, the inventors, the creators, the liars, the business people, the doctors, the builders, all types of people from all walks of life. But the playground had its own social constructs. You're not really supposed to date someone from outside your year group, either a year above or a year below. That was the exception. No more or no less than that. You're not really supposed to integrate with other years unnecessarily. That was the way of my high school. The playground had its own rules. And before the social media boom, when Facebook or MySpace, and yes, even Bebo was in its infancy, the quickest way for news to spread was either via text or you guessed, the playground. News and social information spreads quicker here anywhere else than on any other social media platform. By lunchtime, you could be the most spoken about person of your year group and potentially other years. The only problem is when you're the one in that proverbial spotlight. It can be an intense few days until other big news takes over. I learned the hard way. In year nine, after coming back from a week-long trip with my school, a rumour had spread about me. This individual made comments about my body. It was over things I couldn't necessarily control. And at the age of 14, 15, this made me way more body conscious than I think I needed or should be at all. The boy spread a rumour about me. He was on the trip as well. That's how he came up with the rumour. The thing is with rumours, you're usually the last person to find out. Well, I was anyway. My entire year grade had found out about this rumour. To this day, I actually don't know the full extent of the rumour. I know vaguely what was said. I just know that it was an awful, vile thing that was said and made about my body. Something I could not help no more than the air we breathe. However, one day at lunchtime, things got a little interesting. A dear friend of mine at the time, we'll call her Jay, heard the rumour about me. Little did I know... They were interrogating everyone who'd heard this rumour and concluded to find the source of the despicable rumour. I was at the canteen eating lunch with some other friends and as I left, I could see my friend Jay walking with a purpose. She went straight to David, not his real name, the boy who spread the rumour, and started screaming in his face. I've spoken to a lot of people and they all told me that you started this rumour. Why would you even do that? It's so rude. Why would you say these things? I walked up to the conversation asking what happened. 
and the boy just hugged me, and he just said that he was sorry. But I didn't understand why. I had no idea what he was talking about. Then Jay told me. He started a rumour about your body and made fun about it. Now, I'm slightly paraphrasing, but that's vaguely what Jay said to me. But I felt so exposed and yet completely covered. Every emotion I felt was conflicted. Anger, sadness, embarrassment, humiliation, frustration, anxiety, disgust. The list went on and on and on and I went to my fifth period English on that Friday. Ten minutes into class, I burst into tears. Not my standard, Niku, you crybaby actual tears of disparity. I was sobbing with my life and with my heart. For the remainder of high school, this rumour was on my name, like a blemish that would never go away. No amount of toothpaste could fix it. I cried, and my then amazing English teacher let me go outside and compose myself, and a kind girl called E left a room to come and console me. My English teacher came outside and consoled me with E, and E was honest with me and said that she'd heard the rumour, but disregarded it because she knew it wasn't true, and if it was true, what's it to anyone else? Miss Clark King consoled me and reassured me that although it was bad right now, it will get better, and reminded me that I was stronger than this, and that and those petty words will mean nothing later in life. Now, listener, I assume you're waiting for karma to hit that person that started the rumour. I'll be honest, I grappled with it for a few years, beyond high school. While I never spoke to the person again, I can assure you that I never actually saw any visible karma. If anything, frustratingly, I saw the complete opposite. They went to one of the best universities in the country, in the world, in fact. They have some phenomenal opportunities, and truth be told, I've learned to let it go. Release myself from the bitterness that they caused me. You're probably asking me, Nico, what's the bearable moment in that story well listener this is one of my most cherished memories i hold on to it and it gives me hope the mere fact that people stood up for me speaks volumes knowing that i had people in my corner to help me console me give me strength to get through this it was not long before other news took over and i was no longer the flavor of the week or half week but i'm even sure that that boy had his own insecurities and now while it's easier with a little perspective i can openly say hand on heart i forgive and forgave him but i had friends that made that moment more bearable but despite the societal conflict of the playground and social hierarchies alliances were made friends were made and i had hope something that a lot of us didn't have now i haven't seen david since i left high school i think i saw some posts on social media and even then i just left it be i still believe that karma has come and gone and perhaps i will just never see it and i've made my peace with that but the bearable moments didn't just stick to the playground they continued into the classroom where someone will always be able to make the class laugh. There was another boy who I utterly despised. Steve, again, not his real name, was in my form group. He was in my English class. He was in my maths class, one of my history classes. And while I know he isn't stupid... I absolutely could not stand him. And from what I could recall, the feeling was mutual. He disliked me too. But I refused to believe that he was all bad. He had some good in him even if we despised each other. In our history class, the unspeakable happened. Our teachers sat us next to one another. <sighs> I kept my mouth quiet, did my work. We coped. It was one hour, four to five times every two weeks. We could handle it. After all... We didn't like each other, but we coped. However, one day I was feeling sad. Internally, I was conflicted with something. I was not coping 
with a lot of things. Meanwhile, two girls kept throwing raisins in my hair. I said nothing. I was feeling worse. I said nothing. I didn't know how to stand up for myself. I said nothing. I couldn't call upon the teacher. Snitches aren't exactly cool. I kept quiet. The raisins hit and got stuck in my hair and they kept doing it. The teacher didn't notice. As we were packing up, as we finished early, I sat there and hugged my bag as if it were a life jacket. Tears were forming in my eyes, but I refused to cry. Not again. Steve looked at me and something that took me back was that he turned to the girls and said, Are you both done being dicks now? The girls laughed and responded with something trite of, What? She hasn't said anything. Steve turned back and looked at me. I didn't look at him. I just held onto my bag and waited for the bell. The teacher was helping out other students. Just before the bell rang, Steve turned back to the two girls and said, You two really are bitches, aren't you? I was shocked. The girls giggled and took it as some compliment, and I gave Steve a small smile. He made that moment more bearable. But I can give you something that will make you laugh, that made school more bearable, and that made it more funny. Now, I think that's enough of the heartbreaking memories, don't you think? So listeners, let me take you to the warm air of spring, where after period two maths, my friends and I met in the playground. We shared stories, reminded one another of our homeworks. We had discussed who saw what on TV the other night. One of my then friends had what was agreed upon by many students as to be one of the most handsome maths teachers in the entire school. I didn't think he was ugly, I just didn't view him in that way. There was a rumour going around that he was ex-military navy, I think. But he's just taught maths, in my opinion. That's all I really knew. They never really taught me. But that break time in the playground, we dispersed after maths, and my friend blushing came up to me and said, Nico, I'm going to fail maths. I was confused. My friend had just moved up a set. After all, she was in my set last year, and she tested really well and went up a set. I looked back at her and said, why would you think that? You did really well. You moved up a class. To which she returned, still pink in the face. I can't focus in the classroom. He's too handsome. I burst into laughter. That was something shared among many students who found that particular maths teacher incredibly handsome. Needless to say, the best worst scenario happened. My friend's grade went up. And they passed maths with ease. But our moments kept us going. Whether it was a friend standing up for you, the day that you discovered the person you disliked had a heart, or even having an academic win. They made school funny, just that more bearable. But some of us had quite a big academic win. A win of presidential proportions. Take a listen. You have good memory with that president's game. So the story with that was I've always been really, really good at history. That's just, it's been my passion. I've got a memory for it. That's just one of my talents. And I used to just do a lot of historical research for fun. You know, when I was a kid, I had a book that had all of the presidents in it. And I would read, you know, about their political party and the years they were in office and the things they did and where they were raised and all that sort of thing. So I just, I loved that. And my senior year of high school, uh, which I don't know if you guys have those setups in the UK. So just to clarify, because they're used interchangeably, in a United States high school, you have 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, which correspond to like 14 to 15 year olds, 15 to 16 year olds, 16 to 17 year olds, and 17 to 18 year olds. And so ninth grade, when you're 14 or 15, or 14 to 15, generally freshman year, sophomore year, 
is 10th grade, which is when you go in at 15 and normally leave at 16. 11th grade is junior year when you go in about 16 and leave about 17. And senior year is 12th grade when you go in at about 17 and leave at about 18 more or less. Anyway, to get back to it, my senior year, 12th grade, I was in a government class, a U.S. government class, and we had this thing called the President's Game, and most people in the class, you were able to team up, um, and you were supposed to memorize a lot of information about memorizing the presidents in order, memorizing the numbers associated with each president, you know, like remembering, like, John F. Kennedy was the 35th president, or James Buchanan was the 15th president, that sort of thing, remembering their political party, the dates they were in office, office, their birth and death dates, if they're dead by now, like a few facts about them, what state they were from, or something notable about them. And I knew a lot of that information already, so I decided not to team up with anybody, but I just did it solo. And you were basically in competitions with people. And so we had two rounds of competition where we were doing, we would have like little quizzes, the person with the most right answers in these like, you know, little pop quizzes would go against the next team. So you started off in a government class of like 30 people and people are split off into their own little teams of two uh, but I just did it solo and you'd face off you'd have 15 pairs maybe eight games you narrow it down until there's eight games of you know four players and then the winners of those games play each other and so on and so on with increasingly hard questions so I won my government class with no like no contest. I was the, the leader in the government class with that game. And so that meant that I didn't have to turn in my final paper for government. And that was like my grade instead of that. And then the winners from all of the government classes in the high school competed against each other. And the winner of that in my class, the teacher said I wouldn't have to take the final. He would just give me an A on the final. And so then I went against the leaders of all the other government classes, which were all teams of two. I was the only team of one. And I won against all of them. Um, except in the end I, I tied. We, Me and one other team of two both got like all but one question correct, I believe. So my government teacher allowed me to skip the final, so I didn't have to go take that. That was one of Robbie's successes, academically. I could only imagine how great a win like that must have felt for him. Well done, Robbie, on your historical and presidential knowledge. Academically, I wouldn't say I had that level of success. However, I did learn something interesting in maths about radii, and a little biology was thrown in too. It was a midday lesson in maths. We were studying radius and circumference in class. A boy called Craig, again, not his real name, brought up a discussion of the plural of radius, to which then we discovered one of the acceptable pronunciations is radii. Craig chimed in once more and said that another word that turns into an I in its pluralization is the word penis. Our teacher paused and started whispering to herself curiously, penises? Penises? Penis? As the whole class paused from their math lesson pondering what the correct pluralization of these words were, another boy, Stephen in fact, yells from across the classroom to Craig, only you would care about something so stupid, to which Craig replied, sharp as attack, you don't need to be a dick about it. Immediately, the entire class burst into laughter, and even though our teacher's determination to remain professional, they couldn't help but laugh at the dialogue in the classroom. It was an easy win. Somebody I disliked got slightly humiliated, but managed to... 
applaud back to Craig saying good rebuttal and we got a cheap laugh and the day carried on but that day was made a bit more bearable because I kept chuckling back at that memory and truth be told every once in a while I still do. Of course there were other events like this that continued to make us laugh but school did allow us to have some downtime as well. An example of that was were proms or school dances. Now throughout school we only really had three dances. One was the year seven disco which I don't have much of a memory of. The second was the ele- year 11 prom and the third was the the year 13 prom they were fun evenings where you sat with your friend and danced and ate food and shared some jokes with your teacher in a non-classroom dynamic whereas for dylan prom presented its own highlights so i don't really know if this would classify as a high point per se but it definitely does stick out in my memory my junior year prom my friends at the time wanted to pair me off with a girl that i had had a crush on like an elementary school but at this point in my life just really didn't like at all like as a person we were mutual friends in the group and neither of us wanted to go alone and so we were both sort of convinced to buy into this extravagant plan that they had for me to ask her or to go to prom with me and so the plan was that I bought a dozen roses and the morning that I was going to ask her I would place one rose in each of her desks at each of her classes I would beat her to it or I would have a friend beat her to it so that it would just be before each class so that it would just be lying on her desk mysteriously quote unquote and then after all of the classes were done I would wait with the rest of the roses outside her car and I would make a big thing of it and people would be filming blah 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 like do you want to go to prom with me Ashley and that was going to be like a super hype thing right and what wound up happening was of all classes in my AP US history class that was the only one that we had together I came in after lunch and I realized that my my friend Alex, who also was in that class with us, she was supposed to place the rose for Ashley during that class on her desk, but she didn't. And so she didn't have the rose. And so my whole group of friends, a lot of the friends that were planning this were actually in that US history class that year as well. And so they all get freaked out. Everybody's really trying to stay quiet about it because Ashley's there, but obviously everybody knows what's happening. And so I tell Alex, like, you have to go and get the rose, bring it to her while she's like in the bathroom or something like trying to hail mary some shit and she basically just yells out loud like no why don't you just go get the rose yourself and ashley obviously hears it and so i'm panicking everybody's panicking and so i just run into my digital photography room which was i knew the teacher pretty well from the photography class that i had taken in my first year and so earlier that morning i had been able to use her classroom as like a storage space for those roses and so i just run over to the photography class and i decide well the jig is up so i'm just gonna take all of the roses and give them to her in this history class and make like a grand appearance. And so I got the rest of the roses and I run through and I ask her, Ashley, will you go to prom with me? And everyone is looking super confused. And then she says yes, and they do the applause and everything, and we did the hugs. It all felt so fake and forced and just gross. The icing on the cake is that she actually wound up standing me up later on that night to go and dance with the guy that she really wanted to go with, leaving me stag. And so 
I would be really disappointed at that. And I guess the whole thing was disappointing, but honestly, the night got only got better. Or <laughs> it only became good after I got stood up because I didn't want to ever go with her in the first place. Needless to say, at least things got better and became bearable for Dylan after that moment. These are the bearable moments that made school tolerable. It gave me hope. I hope that some of you had your own, but it's not the bad that I hold on to. It's the good that I choose to remember. And while I make it sound easy... It wasn't. I had to let go of a lot of hate, a lot of my flaws, and forgive a lot of people. It's not always easy. Or at the very least, I didn't have to forgive, but I forgot and became indifferent. But the good that I choose to remember are moments like Jay who stood up for me, Ian my teacher who came and consoled me, Steve who I didn't expect to stand up for me, and while we're not friends, and while it didn't make us best friends or even allies, it did prove to me that even the people you dislike do have a heart. Also Craig for making the class laugh, having an academic success, or having an enjoyable time despite plans going awry. These are the moments that made us laugh and it made life more bearable and tolerable that helped us get through high school and even life. And by no means am I saying that we were perfect. None of us were, and I don't think any of us to this day are. But it meant that those days were a little bit easier, kept our hearts soft and made us smile on days that seemed to be miserable. They kept us going, and without them, I don't think I would have made it. So I thank everyone for those experiences, and I hope you do too. They were difficult, but we got through it. And there was always someone there, little did we know, to make us laugh and to make us smile. So what would I take from all of this? I would say, I know that with everything I wish I knew, I now know that those moments are so key to life. So until the next time I speak to you all, remember the good moments and try and smile in any way you can. Whether it's watching a funny video online, taking a moment to journal, taking up a new hobby, doing something fun. Just remember those little moments, those little bearable moments, because they keep us going. So until then, take care. Bye!